This podcast is recorded on the unceded traditional lands of First Nations people of Australia's Sydney region, the Southern Highlands, and the Northern Rivers, and Indigenous people of South Africa. We would like to acknowledge all Elders past, present, and emerging, and any Indigenous people listening. At this time, we also emphasise the importance of the upcoming referendum for the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander voice in the Australian Parliament and the values of the Uluru Statement of the Heart. We're grateful to Sydney Conservatorium of Music, Paradisec, the University of New South Wales, the musicians featured in this episode and all our other supporters and friends. On Music Dance Culture, we continue a series of episodes on hip-hop and traditional performance cultures with a focus on South African rapper Kidio. To my own perspective, poetry is rap. Because if you do a poem over a beat, then you are rapping. Hi, Georgia. Greetings from here in Wangal country. Hi, Mahesh, and to all our listeners, uh, greetings from Gandangara country. This episode, we're joined by two guest co-producers, Dr. Sudipta Dowsett, who you might remember from the last two episodes, and our interviewee, MC Kidio. The interview between Sudipta, Mahesh and Kidio took place in November 2022. In this interview, Kidio talks about his journey to becoming a rapper and some of the performative influences in his early life, including the popular South African music genre, Kwaito, and the style of Imbongi, or traditional praise poets. You'll also hear some deeply fascinating and heartfelt reflections on the tension some people in the Western Cape township of Kailicha face between the influences of Christianity and Western culture and their traditional ways of life. Just a heads up that the interview took place over the phone and we apologise that the audio is not of the best quality. Please note also that this episode contains a little bit of strong language 
and brief references to violence. Over to Sudipta for this interview with MC Kidio. Hi, my name is Sudipta Dowsett and I'm an anthropologist and I'm speaking from unceded Wyable country, which is part of um, the, what's known as the Bundjalung Nation and it's on the east coast of Australia. I'm joined today by a very special guest, Espaza MC from Kailiche, South Africa. Molo Kidio, Unjani. Thank you, and you, how are you? Yeah, in Dipilile, thank you, I'm well. Um, and I just wanted to say to Amaklosa listeners out there, um, from all the podcast producers here, Molweni, Molweni Nonki, Namkelekile, Pula Puli, Besiklosa. And that's welcome to all the Amaklosa listeners out there. Um, so, Kidio, so I was wondering if we could start with. Um, perhaps you could tell us a bit about how you first started rapping. Okay, it's a beautiful long story, but yes, I think I was influenced and born for for the for the for this gift that I have. My my parents had um, cassettes around around the house. And my uncle had cassettes too. So just, you know, growing up, listening to music, I think uh, automatically I was influenced. But at that time, I did not know until um, I felt like uh, this music was not really like relevant to me, even though that uh, I, I was a fan of this music through, through my parents and my uncles. But this day like uh, i just tuned accidentally tuned into the radio the first time i had like a rap it was true quiet music and quiet music is an indigenous type of sound or dandra where back in the days the quite artists used to say used to to make a lot of repetition through their lyrics like like if I say yo let's party let's party through throughout the whole beat then that's a quiet style from those times. Temptanda's win by Spijojo Heavyweight produced by Joe Ejo. But at that time, when I tuned tuned in to that radio station, it was my first time hearing rap, and it was from Quido artists. Then I found out later that they were influenced by the American hip hop. So the first I had uh, verses, rap verses from Quairo, then I started reciting them. Growing up, I had a lot of poetry background, like Utata Um Zwakembuli. My father was a big fan of Um Zwakembuli, and Zwakembuli is a legendary recording poet from uh, South Africa, 
starting is Zulu. Then there's a, also a Tosa, a traditional Tosa poet with Zolanim Kiva. Second Jalo! Second Jalo, my Africa, my share! Is this to get this to the Shabbatis? Yes, Second Jalo, Quelly Swag, Quelly Swag, Quelly Swag, Quelly Swag, Quelly Quelly Swag, and that was Imbongi poet Zalani Kiva performing as part of a 2010 FIFA Men's World Cup promotional ad. A link to that will be in our show notes. Music, music, dance, 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 culture, culture, culture. My father always had these cassettes um, of poetry at home. Then my mother had R&B and gospel. My uncle had quite a record. So throughout listening to, to, to all of those genres like R&B, and gospel, poetry from a father's side, and traditional music from Soul Brothers, Oma Shatini, Black Mambazi. I feel like all those things had an influence inside my system without me knowing. Now, when I first had these guys rap, I thought, okay, I started reciting these raps. Then uh, um, he, even the poetry, the poetry was also rap. To, to my own perspective, poetry is rap. Then, because if you do a, a poem over a beat, then you, you are rapping. It's a rhythm and poetry. And then I started like uh, doing these things and faking it around my friends. My friends thought I was writing these things his lyrics, I started reciting them. And then at some point I felt like a fraud because I knew these lyrics were not mine. Then I started writing my own. And then and then my own were like simple, just simple rhymes, competition, elokshin, distortion, fashion. I started with those necessary rhymes. So I would I would recite these legends, songs, these quiet Verses, poems from Abum Zakembuli and Zolanim Kiva over beats, over international beats, because artists used to release albums with one instrumental there. So we, we, we used to rap off those international beats. So I would recite these poems and these verses and slowly put in my own work just to check if if the guys are going to be interested or um, uh, impressed uh, with with my own and compare with when I'm doing someone else's work, then I felt like, no, they still give me love. Then I started eliminating the, the, the other people's work and started doing my own original work. I remember back in Side C, back in Side C, we used to gather around fire, because uh, uh, even if it, it was not winter that cold, we there, there was this culture where, where we gather around fire just to chat about the things that are 
going on in the community, like who who shot who, who was going on, who's dating who, who's like there were a bunch of girls from around the hood and a bunch of guys. Now I started, I felt like yo, we're talking other people's things here around this fire, and I started rapping for them. Then it became a habit. That that was my first date, and um, from from my hood, I was rapping for my friends because I had nothing to say about the people from the hood, you know. I had a lot of things to say, but I didn't feel comfortable. Then I started rapping. Then they would invite me, even if I'm home, call, come and chill with us around the fire. And then I started rapping. I'm Not In A Hurry by Kidio, featuring Soska and Akhmad, released in 2013. <laughs> Then 2003, I'm 13 years old, and it's my first time in high school. I think that's where I took rap seriously. That's where I was officially an MC, because in high school, I used to see this guy called Phoenix Uluazi Umdala Breakfast. Then I, uh, I saw him, he was wearing baggy, baggy pants and a hoodie, and he was standing out because in South Africa, we have uniform in school. So he stood out for me. I was like, yo, I want to wear like that nigga. Look like an, an American rapper time, and Americans had a big influence in South Africa through hip hop that time. So I just put by judging his image that he was a rapper, until there was a show, a beauty contest at school. I saw him performing there. Then the guys from my class knew I was a rapper too. They would push me to go and, and go to the stage and take the mic. But I chickened out that time until Phoenix organized an poetry session in school. I saw this at the notice board. They called basketball players. Uh, graffiti artists, dancers, rappers, poets, all the elements of hip hop were written on that uh, poster. Once I went there, uh, Phoenix invited like the old guys, Safarians who were knowledgeable and aware about music and hip hop art forms. So that that poetry session was to groom young talents. So that's when I was officially an MC because every night I would write to come and exhibit my, my art there. So that was like a regular session? That was a regular session that he was hosting, Phoenix? Yeah, yeah, every Every time after school, like we, we used to go there five days during the week. Uh, and uh, I started like even lacking from from like other subjects at school because 
even when we writing exams now, I'm thinking what verse am I going to speak at that poetry session. From that poetry session, Phoenix and these other guys he invited from outside the school saw the passion in me and the fire that this guy means he's serious about this thing. Then they invited me to join their movement, which was Dungeon Affairs movement, Erastafarian physical movement. Then that's the first time I performed for the community. And I tell you, after after my first performance, I just like everything changed. Yeah, what's up, Kidio? Kidio's track, Lizo Vuba, released in 2017. Yeah, back
just like people listening to this wouldn't necessarily understand that that style that you just did is Imbongi. That's that style of the Imbongi, that traditional poet. Yes. Were you saying that you would sometimes like like perform like that or do a couple of lines in that style of, of an Imbongi um, as a comical kind of thing? Exactly, because I'm saying as comical because uh, I'm not a real traditional imbongi. I'm a, I'm a, yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a modern, I would say I'm a modern poet or a, or a new school poet, yeah. street poet. I've, I've noticed that from using, from using those traditional flows, people would laugh or get surprised. Sometimes they will get motivated because they relate to 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 these it's them it's it's, it's the, they, this goes to their souls so I would use it like sometimes sometimes I would just like be myself a strict MC. <laughs> Culture. 
I think if I didn't have that background of, of, of traditional poetry and traditional music, I wouldn't be as, I wouldn't have done like the work that I have done, even though uh, I was doing it in my own era, in my own time, like in a, in a modern way, uh, if I would say, or a, or a township way, as a castle, I would, but uh, I think those, those, those traditional songs and poetry were like a foundation for me so that I don't just like, you know, fall or fly away. I have this foundation that I know the basics because I always go back to the things that inspired my, my art. Every time I go, I go back there and start, I start from basic again, you know. So yeah, that's the whole shit. So I've heard people call you Mbongi Mtonyama. Is that right? People call you that in the in Kazi. People people call you Mbongi Mtonyama. When they say Mbongi Mtonyama, they they are actually saying you are you an indigenous poet, you an traditional poet, because Mtonyama. Mtonyama is like a black person, like the, the, the root, it's like the, the root, the seed of a, of a black person. Mtonyama is that. So now they, they, they like referring you to you as, as, a, as an indigenous poet, a black indigenous poet. Why do you think they call you that? Like why are people calling you Mbongi Mtonyama? Sometimes I would would feel like if you listen to my song Kutiwa, listen to my flow, listen to the words that I use there, listen to the beat. The beat sounds like traditional genre uh, that is called Maskani. My show made a beat that was was, was had that feel of Maskani. Then the way I rap there. It's much like a, a a fast a fast traditional poet. If you if you can list that, it's a that's a traditional poet there who's rapping there. But right now it's different because I'm in this beat. So I feel like people sometimes would 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 feel things because I never claimed it to be imbongiyom tonyama. But now I can say that because people would refer to you as Zimbabwe because they can feel that the whole influence that I have I've adapted from Zimbabwe Tonyama oozes off me, mm-hmm. off of my work. Yeah, it can show from my work. So I think sometimes it's the influence or the feel that people feel from just listening to my songs. This track by Kidio is called Kuchiwa, released in 2016. <laughs> Kumi kama 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 kama
that I had, I have, I have these influences that I, I did not chose. I have a Western influence that I did not chose because my, my parents were working for these guys and these guys look better than us. So automatically, like, I'm, I'm going to be different from a, a real Imbong Yomtonyama because I grew up in another environment. Imbong Yomtonyama grew up on an organic environment where there was no white superior person. Me, I grew up in a in a different environment where there's a like a white superior person that's going to influence the lifestyle. Then you try, you try, you you become this like the township like made us like uh how can I say like we I wouldn't say like we 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 western but we have we like we like diverse we had we have both influences our ancestors and the white people's ancestors influence so now like we we just just sound different from imbogium tonyama that was organic who had only one lifestyle the following track features kidio and sudita and shadow also known as left eye and is called the lost sun or unyana Wolaleko, which can be translated as the prodigal son. The song draws on this biblical story in navigating worlds of traditional culture, Christianity, and Western influence. Send 
by the white system that uh, that the, the, these people, these wives who took over South Africa, uh, acted in, in in South Africa because uh, my parents, like my father, let me let me let me talk about my father. Even my mom did each and every cultural and traditional ritual and practices did all of them then they were old and came to to Cape Town to hustle then they they met each other fell in love with each other they become buddies they kept they and in Cape Town there's this um, Western influence where people were were like manipulated and persuaded to to become Christians. Christianity is an is an religion that is from the outside of South Africa that was brought inside of South Africa by the white people. So I don't know what they did or how they 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 managed to 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 recruit parents. But my parents are priests. Very important people like at church and me, I'm this guy who quit church. I quit church at age 13 when like I was starting to feel like the, the vibe that normal. I'm a man, I can stand in front of the crowd like the priest from church and the crowd listens to me. And what I'm saying is not something that, that I just read from this Bible. That is about these people from another race that I don't even know, like David, Jesus, and whoever. My verses are about what's happening right now. So I quit church, I just lose interest from church. Then from there, I think my spiritual journey started when I became like an official artist. Because they say leave your culture behind and follow Jesus. And then you go there, how they eat, they use fucking knife, how they do wedding, they use white dress, black suits, how they how they do things is it's like Western culture. And this Bible is about uh people from Israel. So there is just an battle. From that song, it's a battle because in the Bible there's a son of the lost, someone who wanted his entire inheritance from his father while his father was still alive. When his father gave him, he went outside to spend all the money, like blow it and came back to to his father for, for help and I think on, on later on he even eats with the pigs, but he was he was a rapper from from his father. So me like name that song we had this chat. I felt like I had rapper from my father's adapted lifestyle because I wanted to be like him. I wanted to be exactly like him because he has he has done these traditions. Now, if he is, he's, he's going to raise me through church, 
just because he's benefiting some things in church because what these white people do they 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 they, they inject this culture they inject the culture inside you then they make you feel really important they took our organic power because we also had power that traditional or an organic power that we had from owning from owning cattle maybe when you own hundred cattle obviously going through like the sheep around the, the village now they took those hundred cattle then you 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 lack confidence and self-esteem now they come to you and inject this this religion and then they put you on a higher position or seat now you feel like you the shit again like cause you're a priest now or an archbishop so now you get your confidence back or your self-esteem but spiritually you have lost yourself because you don't even know that your ancestors are sad or mad about the, the road that you're taking right now you, you don't even know even the your spiritual connection can can stuck you can you can lose like connection because now they don't understand but i go on that song we, we were portraying that the, this spiritual journey i went through because me i wanted to go start over again and do things right the, the same way that my parents did them so when we made that show that 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 song we it, it was like breaking down the whole thing that uh the the this colon colonialism did to inside south africa to to us blacks of uh disarming us i was wondering that song that you were talking about where you were uh that you and Sudipta did about your spiritual journey. I was curious to know whether your parents have heard that song. So it uh, sent me the song. I have the song, but uh, I'm, I'm no longer, I'm not living with my parents right now. And my parents, I never, never, um, I never, I never like gave them that chance to listen to my song. My, my younger siblings would download the songs and, and give them a listen, but we never listened my song together. So even every other song, I'm not sure if they have, which song they have listened to. Only my grandmother, my grandmother actually became my biggest fan after that time. So I never really like uh, sat down with them and played my song. The only thing that I was, I was when we spoke with Sudipta, the only thing when she sent me the track, I think I, I, I had a, a, vulgar, a vulgar language for my dad, like I said, that bastard dad. Because when you when you writing style things, you can write in something that you, you don't mean, but he, he, the soul is using you as a tunnel to serve this message. And you listen to a song like, hey, if my father can hear this, I'm saying that bastard dad, maybe he's going to feel like I don't love him, but I, I love him. And Kozi Kalkulu, thank you so much for coming on the show with us, Kirio. It's a real pleasure to talk to you about all of this. Thank you, thank you. And uh, 
For anyone interested in looking more into Kidio's music, you can find his tracks on SoundCloud and YouTube, and we will include links to those in our show notes. As well as to some readings for those that want to take a deep dive. Next episode, we will be staying in Cape Town, South Africa, for an interview Sudipta and I did with Anela, Tsidibangbang, and Atule, three women from Sounds of the South a hip-hop-based artistic collective who are building an international working-class counterculture that is anti-authoritarian, anti-capitalist, anti-racist, and anti-sexist. If you like this podcast, please subscribe wherever you find your podcasts, and please take a moment to like us and just a few moments to leave us a review. It helps other people find the podcast. Visit music-dance-culture.com. Find us on Facebook or email musicdanceculturepodcast at gmail.com. That's all one word to get in touch. Please check out the show notes for more details about the performance and the research we've been discussing. And my pronouns and Sadipta's are she, her, and Mahesh's pronouns are they, them. Thank you for listening and keep it going. Music Dance Culture is produced by Georgia Curran and Mahesh Watravadakrishnan. This episode is guest co-produced with Sudipta Dowsett and MC Kidio, also known as Makim Keto. Theme music by Mahesh, remixed and produced by Arian Pearson. Sound design by Mahesh, featuring transitions by Alexis Weaver. Thank you to all the artists featured in this episode. MC Kidio, Backyard Crew, Soska, Ahmad, Shadow, also known as Left Eye, Heavyweight Spidojo, and the Honourable Zalani Kiva. Thanks also for support from Sydney Conservatorium of Music, the University of New South Wales, Abongile Big Zagos, and Paradisek. And to our beta listeners, James Humberston and Jennifer White-Malakrishnan. Music, dance, culture.